It's amazing to be surrounded by so many professionals who are so passionate about their job. Is it whether it's wine or whether it's service or whether it's the kitchen, you know, everyone just comes to work with a genuine passion for being there and a passion for just, you know, blowing guests away and giving them the best experience possible. To celebrate 500 episodes of Dirty Linen, I wanted to do something special. I thought I'd spend a week at a restaurant that's been a special place for Melbourne milestones for more than 20 years. Voodamond was founded by a fiercely ambitious, bolshy young chef, Shannon Bennett, in 2000. From its beginnings in a quirky terrace in Carlton, it moved first to Normanby Chambers in the city, where Scott Pickett now has Chancery Lane, and then in 2011 to its current home, way up high on level 55 of the Rialto Towers. Voodamond is a restaurant of chapters and eras, but today's guest has spanned quite a few of these chapters. Chris Marshall is the head chef of Voodamond and he's been at the restaurant for nine years now. Chris, welcome to Dirty Linen. Hello, thank you very much for having me. It's great to have you on the show. Um, and so, yeah, I'm really thrilled to be um, digging into Voodamond and telling its story from different perspectives. I guess, you know, I've been to the restaurant a number of times over the years and it just seems that you are always there, head down, <laughs> the person that actually makes the restaurant run. Well, I mean, it's, I think that's what I love so much about the place, to be honest. You know, I've been there such a long time and I, like, I just, the thing about my job I love is just service. I love being in the action when it's busy, it's buzzing, you know, the restaurant's alive. It's, you know, it's the, it's the best part. It's why I'm a chef. Mm. Well, t- I mean, I'd love to learn a bit about your background. Uh, you sound like you're not from around these parts originally, Chris. Tell us a bit about yourself. No. Um, so I was born in Edinburgh. Um, family all lives in Falkirk now, which is like a little town. It's kind of like in between Edinburgh and Glasgow, like just in the middle. Um, it's a small town. There's like nothing there. There's like a couple of pubs, uh, very few restaurants, um, and they're not you know, not the best standards and stuff. So I kind of, as a career, as I wanted to do, I, you know, there wasn't really many opportunities to work in good places there. So I always had to move abroad or go to further away places to, you know, put myself in good places to challenge myself. So, I mean, what was it that made you want to be a chef in the first place? Uh, I mean, honestly, I was just rubbish at everything else. I, like, uh, I couldn't, like everything else I did, I was just wasn't very good at I, School I wasn't great at. Um, I did like a cooking class in school and it was actually my teacher who was there. Um, she said to me, she was like, oh, you're actually quite good at cooking. And she was like, have you considered this as a career? And I was like, no, I like, genuinely haven't. I always thought, you know, go the normal path of go university, you know, and then get some sort of job after that. But um, it was actually my teacher in school. She said to me, like, you know, you actually, you seem to have quite a, like a skill for this. And, um yeah, you'd actually consider it as a career, so. That's so interesting. I mean, you just, it, teachers can be so important in setting people on a path or, yeah, whether it's turning them towards something or steering them away from something. It's, um, it's so powerful. Yeah, it's, it was like, as I said, like it was literally never even considered it. I took the class just as like a, to fill some time because I didn't know what else to do. And yeah, just, she was the one who like completely, opened my mind to it to be honest and like she gave me like uh like a brochure for a college in Glasgow and like looked at it applied for it got accepted and yeah I mean that was the start of it to be honest and what was it that lit you up about 
working in fine restaurants like why not just um work at like the pubs um close to where you grew up Uh, i just think you know if you want to do something you want to work at the the best possible standard i think especially as if you're a young chef or you know whatever i think or even if you're halfway through your career just to try you know that the highest level you possibly can just to test yourself and see where you're at and you know that's where you you see how things are done properly and the right way and how kitchens work properly and you know just to challenge yourself in like the hardest environments possible interesting and so how did you find your way to voodoo um so well so when i was at college in glasgow i started i was working at the same time in a hotel and uh just off loch lomond called cameron house so i was working there at the same time as doing college so um that was quite hard as well because i was doing like i'd be doing breakfast shifts at the hotel then i'd go to college do college from like nine to five, then go back to the hotel um, and do like dinner service and stuff. So those were like really long days to be honest um, at that time. Yeah, but that was a beautiful hotel. It was just like literally right on the edge of the lock and it was stunning. I managed to stay in the hotel as well in the staff accommodation and yeah, it was, it was an incredible experience actually. But um, yeah, and then after there I went to uh, Bordeaux. So I lived in Bordeaux just for a year and a half. I was working in like a little, just a little bistro, local bistro um, with one of the guys who I was working with at the hotel. So um, he's, his wife was French and he said he was moving to Bordeaux and he was like, if you're interested, by all means come along. And yeah, I just, I just thought, why not? Might as well try it. I was still you know, young at the time. I thought might as well go try, put myself in a different country, you know, see what it's like. And yeah, it was, Bordeaux was such a beautiful place as well. It was a, uh, I think it was very similar to Melbourne as well. I've always found it like it's similar kind of vibes and the city's just always alive and buzzing and it was, yeah, it's a beautiful place as well. Um, and then after that, I went to um, London. So I was down in London for, um, I think it was just over a year again as well, where I worked at um, restaurant Gordon Ramsay. Um, so that was, yeah, I mean, that was the probably the highest level I've ever been at. So it was obviously three Michelin stars. It's had it for such a long time um, and that's actually where I got my first kind of connection to view them on because the, um, the head chef at the time who's now the chef de cuisine uh, Matt Abbey um, he's Australian obviously and you know when I was coming to the end of my time I was you know just kind of thinking about what to do next and I kind of I was thinking about Australia and I said to him I was like, oh you know is there anywhere you'd recommend in Australia like you know what's the, the best place to go and he said um, the, only, the only place I would go is view them on so I mean that was kind of set my sights on it after that and that's kind of where I wanted to end up um, but obviously before before I ended up in Melbourne I went back home to Edinburgh just for a year um, worked at uh, number one in the Balmoral and did that for just about a year just to save up some money so I could, uh, could afford to come here um, yeah, and I did a year there and then flew out to Melbourne literally as soon as I arrived I think I did my trial the day after I arrived so I still incredibly jet lagged I remember I always remember my trial because I was just yeah, I was really jet lagged I was struggling big time but um, yeah trial on the second day and uh, I always remember it was with uh, Corey who was the executive chef at the time he made me cook a dish as well I had to cook a dish from that was funny I always remember I still remember it now even um, Hugh Hugh was there at the time as well he still slags me about that dish as well cause... <laughs> what was it tell us about it Oh, it was duck. Uh, it was a duck and carrot dish. And for some reason, I sous vide the duck. I don't know, i just seen a sous vide machine. I'll oh, chuck it there. Sous vide it. And uh, yeah, Corey didn't like that, to be honest. But, um, 
you know, everything else I think was okay. So <laughs> it's the first time I first time I've ever had to did that uh, to do that. So it was like a bit kind of didn't expect either. I was like, oh, Jesus, what am I going to do here? And I was just walking around like grabbing things randomly off other sections. <laughs> really? So he was just like, show me what you got, chef. Um, put something up. Yeah, he was just like, yeah, just just cook a dish. He was like, you know, take as long as you want and just cook something. Is that right? Okay. It's the first time I ever had to do it. Yeah, it was uh, it was uh, interesting. <laughs> How did you feel? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously a little bit nervous, you know, you're, you want to impress, you want to, obviously you wanted to get the job, so, you know, just didn't want to look like an idiot, so, yeah. But no, I mean, it was, it was actually, you know, looking back, and I mean, it was, it was kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously you, you, um, even though you, he didn't want you to sue the duck, Corey Campbell, exec chef at the time, was impressed enough to, to, um, have you, have you back? Um, what was the restaurant like in those times and, and what, how has it changed, um, over the years since? Uh, well, I mean, currently now, I think we're, I mean, obviously I would say that I'm biased, but I think we're in such a good spot now is like, we're only open four days a week. Um, it's a lot smaller team, you know, when I first started, it was seven days a week. Like it was, it was very, very full on, you know, it was massive team. I think it was about 35 chefs minimum just to run it at seven days a week. It was, yeah, it was just a lot going on constantly and unbelievably busy every day. But, you know, now we're, it feels a lot more controlled and, you know, smaller team, same guys doing the same section every day. Um, it's a lot more consistent, you know, in the past when it was seven days, you know, you'd have two or three people doing the same section and, you know, it's it's never going to be perfect. It's, you know, as much as everyone tries the hardest, it's, you know, it's hard to, you know, have two or three people do the same job and try and get some sort of consistency. But, um, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's changed so much since I've been there, to be honest. I mean, I said I've been there, I think literally today is my nine-year anniversary. I got the, the email from the thing said it was my anniversary today. Ah, that's so exciting to be able to chat to you on this milestone day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so interesting. I mean, you know, I've spoken to lots of people that have um, come through Vudimond over the years and I think, you know, they all talk about the, what they learnt, but they definitely talk about, you know, the pressure, um, you know, that it's it was a hard, it's been a hard place to work at, at times. Um, I mean, what do you think has uh, prompted that change from, from, yeah, that seven-day-a-week scale to where it is now? Well, I mean, it's just necessity to be honest I mean it's obviously it's the staffing issues that every restaurant's going through now it's you know it's it's a struggle to get any sort of chefs you know I think we've had in the last six months maybe four trials um, for kitchen jobs and I don't know what's happened to all the chefs to be honest they just everyone seems to have disappeared um, but no it's um, it's just a staffing shortage, to be honest. That's the biggest issue. I think every, as I said, every industry is feeling the same thing. But we're starting to see, I think it's starting to change slowly, to be honest, because um, we're starting to see a few more CVs come through now and good levels as well. So um, hopefully we can start to see that change. I mean, it, it is shortages, but it's culture as well, isn't it? Where there is more of an awareness of um, work-life balance about, you know, not burning people out. I mean, isn't that a big part of it? Um I mean, yes and no, to be honest. I mean, I think for me, a big part of being a chef is you, you have to love the job, to be honest. I guess the hours aren't maybe the perfect hours. You're not going to work, you know, I mean, you've struggled to find a place where you're doing 38 hours a week and you can just, you know, as soon as it hits, whatever your finish time, you're just going to walk out the door. Like, it's a, 
it's a labour of love. It's a passion. It's you know, I think it's it's amazing when you can see young people come in and you can just see that in them straight away where they have that passion for the job and the love for it. And you know, as much as yeah, ideally you'd love to just have you know thirty hours a week. I just I think you would struggle to find that to be honest. Well, especially if you want to work at a, a top or a high level. Yeah. So you actually like the like the harder conditions for that for that bars and the energy. No, I mean I wouldn't say it's not. It doesn't make the conditions harder. It's just as I said, I think it's a it's a labour of love. It's a passion. You have to. I think you have to that kind of job. I think you have to love. To be honest, it's it's not the kind of job you can just go and. Well, I mean, sure you can, but it's not the kind of job you just go clock in. You know, and you're just counting the clock until you finish. Like it's. I think to succeed in the job, you need to need to love it. Yeah, interesting. So, as head chef, like, what are your what are your roles? Like, what would a typical day be like? Um, so, I mean, typical day, I'll go in. Um, first thing is just stop by level A, which is where we all the deliveries are received. Just stop by there and check off all the deliveries, check the invoices, and any issues if there's anything missing or um, anything not available. Call the suppliers. Just check up, see what's happening, if we can get a replacement or we need to change something else. Um, talk to the guy on level A. So we have a, a guy, Timmy, down there. Who's, um, he works three days a week, receives all deliveries. Um, talk to him, just anything missing. Again, just have a quick chat with him, check on everything else. Um, then we'll go upstairs, say hi to all the team, You know, make sure everyone's all good, make sure they have everything they need for the day. And if there's anything missing, they can, they'd let me know straight away and then I'll try and sort it out, get something in or you know, if we need to change something, change something. Um, then, yeah, just go through rosters, start sorting out rosters for the following week and approve timesheets from like the day before. And then I'll go through if there's any maintenance issues. So if there's like a, an oven not working or you know a stove is not working or there's plumbing issues, get a plumber and... Yeah, so I mean, it's it's basically just a day to day work, and it's I mean, you know, it says head chef, but I'd say it's more like a kitchen manager. To be honest, you know, you just kind of deal with everything that happens on a daily basis. Um, mm. And then, what about at service? Yeah, so again, when so just before service time, so we always have a briefing with the whole team. We all discuss the bookings, what's coming in, um, again, let the team know the front house as well if there's any changes, um, so they know what's coming, so they can obviously let the guests know. Um, so once we've done that, we'll do a tasting with the, everything. So obviously we do a tastings um, twice a day. So everything that's made on the, like everything in the kitchen is made fresh every single day. So um, about half past five, we have a tasting. So go around each section. They'll have everything lined up. We just go through it together, check it, make sure we're all good, all happy. Everything's what it needs to be. And um, once we've done the tasting, if there's anything wrong or needs to get changed, we'll, we'll adjust it and then we'll come back with and we'll do another tasting to make sure we're all, everyone's happy. Um, and then we'll just roll into service, so six o'clock. And then um, my job for during service is basically just kind of on the pass, just, you know, running the pass, so getting the checks, communicating to the guy in the kitchen, letting them know what's going on, if there's any dietaries, what they need to be organised, and then, you know, obviously what courses they need to be bringing or getting ready on for the next table. Um, yeah, so just basically running the, the service and communicating with the front of house team. It's a completely open kitchen at Voudemont. There's really nowhere to hide. I mean, I suppose you could 
you could run into a cool room or something and scream in, scream into the <laughs> into the corner, but there's, it's really very exposed. I mean, what is it like to work in a kitchen like that? Oh, I think generally, I think it's amazing. To be honest, I generally now could never imagine going back to like a closed kitchen because it's just like the energy and the atmosphere and like I think it's amazing just being on so show. It's like it's it's like you're putting on a show when people are there because everyone like you know people kind of look and um. It's yeah, it's incredible to be honest. I love that the fact that the kitchen's so open, and you know, I, I love the fact that everyone can see everything that's going on. And you know, it's not like a, you know, it's not that kind of screaming, shouting kitchen. There's you know, people come up and say, oh, you know, it's so quiet, it's so calm. And it's like yeah, I mean, it's you know, that's what a good kitchen. That's how a good kitchen should run. To be honest, it's, it shouldn't be you know, just things gone wrong or like chaos or people run around like you know, if someone's run around, it means something's gone wrong. Like you know, it should be nice, calm, controlled, and and. And that's how you get the best of the people in the team. You know, they can perform better when there's a cam, you know, they know what's coming up. You can't, if you're just, you know, going off your head at people, like, you know, you aren't going to get the best out of people and they can't focus on what they're trying to do. Foodimon was one of the first restaurants that um, I think in Melbourne where the chef started running food. Um, can you talk about that from your point of view? Was that uh, nerve wracking when you started doing it initially? Yeah, I mean, it's again, it's the first place I've ever worked in where, like, as a chef, you have that direct interaction with customers. And, you know, obviously, it, it takes a bit of getting used to, to be honest, because, you know, even for most chefs, when they first come, they'll, they've never done that or experienced that. And, you know, it does take a lot of practice. And, yeah, the first time you go, you'll be, like, you're very, very nervous because, obviously, you know, it's, it's, it's a high-end restaurant, so you don't want to go over and, like, say something stupid or, you know, even just thinking all at once, if they ask me these questions, like, do I know the answer? And um, you need to know everything. If you're going out there, you need to be confident on, you know, every aspect of the dining room, the, the cutlery, the tables, the artworks, the, not just the food, you know. But um, it's, a, for me, it's, it kind of pushes you to learn more stuff, which is amazing, to be honest. Because, you know, instead of just focus on cooking the food and, you know, just putting it up and then just that's the job done. Like, you have to think about the whole experience. You have to think about, right, take it over to the guests, explain it, you know. And I think from a guest side, you they appreciate that more, to be honest, when a chef comes over because, you know, as much as the front house is incredible, they, their knowledge is unbelievable as well. They know everything about it. But if you're sitting there and the chef comes over, the guy who just cooked it for you and he's dropping it for you, and, you know, you can see the little passion in him saying, like, you know, explaining the entire dish and he can literally tell you every single aspect and how he spent his entire day preparing that one dish for you to just eat right now. It's... Um, no, it's like, I, as I said, I could never imagine going back to a closed kitchen or, and I think chefs running food is just, you know, it's it's a better experience for the guests. Yeah, it's um, yeah, so nice to hear you speak about it like that. What are some of the other aspects of, of working at, at Foodimon that you think really ex- sort of explain what kind of restaurant it is? Um, hmm, difficult question. Um, it's just, for me... The biggest thing I've learned since I've been there is just hospitality. It's about, you know, it doesn't matter about, you know, the food, the wine. It's what people remember the most is the way you've made them feel, the way, you know, the interaction you had with them or even just a, a stupid two-second conversation. That's more important than, you know, the food or the wine or everything. It's it's about the having a connection with people, to be honest, and just being able to speak to them. And whether that's a chef or whether it's a front house or whether it's a smelly, it's people that makes more of an impression on people, like a relationship you can create with them in that, you know, two or two and a half hour experience that makes more of a lasting memory on people. 
and even you know the feedback you'll get will be oh yeah food was good wine was good but you know what they'll comment on most is you know you know the this conversation I had with the chef or the the connection we had with the the waiter like that's what people you know remember the most in you know in ten years time when they're looking back on oh when we were at you know viewed them on for our anniversary they'll remember the you know oh I remember that waiter or I remember that chef when they spoke to me and you know they were just you know telling me all the passion behind everything and you know it's it's the connections you can have with people. Yeah, so so lovely. Have you had any real pinch yourself moments where you just couldn't believe what was what was happening or who was in the room or the produce that was so special? I mean, it's a bit biased, but we had a uh, Rod Stewart was in a few years ago. That was pretty funny. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I was a big fan of him, so that was that was good. I like that. <laughs> He's a big Scotsman as well. Yeah, great. Um, did he get into it? Like, is he into is he into wine? Did he go for the cheese trolley? Yeah, no, he was he was enjoying it. No, the biggest thing I remember from that as well is um, so he was in on like one of the window tables in the restaurant, and in the the private dining room there was a a group of twelve women who was it was their Hindu. <laughs> they one of them obviously clocked him, and then they just started screaming Rod Stewart songs out and out <laughs> of the private dining room. But he, he just laughed. You could see the whole time he was just laughing. So it's funny to just see him, like, enjoying it. So That's so funny and interesting because, you know, a lot of people would think of Voudemont as, like, a really fancy restaurant that might go there once in their life. Um, I mean, ha- but at the same time, you know, there is that uh, genuine connection, a sense of having fun and uh, bringing an informality to the occasion as well. Like, how do you balance that? Well, that's what generally one of the big things I love about it as well is, People come there, they, you know, they have the expectations of it. It's going to be a very formal, stiff, you know, overly fancy, you know, I need to sit there and like say thank you every two seconds. But, um, you know, when people come, they're generally kind of surprised at how, you know, and I think that's something we really push and strive for is just to be very down to earth. And, it, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's someone who comes every second week or it's someone who's, you know, coming for their, it's the first time they've ever been or it's, they come for their anniversary. We just want everyone to feel comfortable. doesn't matter your background or where you're from or, you know, if you've saved up 10 years to be here, like we just want you to feel comfortable and enjoy your experience. And we're very good at kind of tailoring the experience to each guest, which I think um, is something that's amazing from the front of They are amazing at just reading the guests and, you know, understanding what they'll like and what they won't like and you know what we need to do to kind of just make them feel as comfortable as possible what kind of things might you do from a food point of view to tailor the experience for guests well that's again it's um that's more the front of house they kind of they have the initial conversation with them because um when you come like there's no menu given to the guest so front of house straight away they'll have a conversation with them they'll just say right so you know there is no written menu is there anything, you know, you're willing to try? Like, you know, they'll kind of give a bit, like a run through just saying, oh, is there anything you don't want to try? Is there anything the allergies you, you don't want to do? Um, and then they just have that kind of initial conversation with them. And if they get like a feeling that, you know, oh, maybe they won't enjoy this or, you know, they'll love that. Maybe you should go hard on that. And then, you know, we just kind of gauge it from that. So it's very important that the front house kind of get that initial kind of connection with them straight away so we know what they're doing. Mm. What are some dishes that you've really loved um, preparing or sending out over the years? Uh, for me, the the best thing I've ever worked with since I've been there is just uh, Blackmore beef. It's uh, it's just an unbelievable product. Of I think it's for me, it's the best beef I've ever tasted in the world. It's just 
like it's always everyone's favorite dish it doesn't matter what you put with it or what you do with it like as long as you cook it nicely like it's everyone says that beef is just incredible and it's like literally when you know when the guy in the meat section's carving the meat you, the kitchen everyone in the kitchen's fighting to get the little trim bits because it's just that good <laughs> oh that's so nice what sort of garnishes are you doing with it at the moment we're just doing um so we're working with um natura and they're just they give us just basically a selection of amazing produce from all over victoria and we just do like a just a beautiful little summer offering with the beef because as i said we just we don't need to do anything complicated with it we just need to keep it super simple beef cooked amazing beautiful sauce and nice little puree and that's people just go go mental over it so yeah, it's it's interesting. Like over the years, I guess Vudemont has done has moved with you know movements where there's been a bit more technology in food, um, a little bit more you know bells and whistles and theatre. But now it seems very produce focused, really quite stripped back and simple compared to how it has been. What's that been like um, for you to to f- that journey as a chef? Well, I mean, I've, as, like, I've been there a while. I've seen, you know, a few people come through and run it and you, I've kind of seen that kind of evolve over time. And, you know, I think where we are now is, in my opinion, you know, the best representation of what we should be. It's uh, it's just, as you said, amazing produce, just prepared simply. The, the skill is just finding the amazing produce. You know, as soon as you find something that's amazing, as long as you keep it simple, you know, you stay true to the, the product like it's, you don't really need to do all you know fancy stuff with it to be honest it's uh, if the product's good enough that will shine through is it sort of a kind of a bit nerve-wracking though because Voodoo supposed to offer this really elevated experience you know if it if the food is is simple is there a you know I don't know do you have to find that balance between finesse and simplicity as much as we say simple like it's it's not simple it's you know it's as much as it comes in in front of you and it might look super simple the the time the labor the, the skill involved is not simple you know it's it's if that dish comes down to you it's two people will be working on that for 12 hours that day you know it doesn't it might have the impression that it's very simple but the skills and the technique behind it are very complicated and it's even you know stupid thing like a, a dressing we do that goes with the beef you know we, we ferment koji water which takes up to two weeks so we always have to be like two weeks ahead and you know when they're doing that it's a massive job which takes like two hours and just a simple thing like a little spray that goes on the leaves you know as much as people might not be aware of that but that's like a you know it takes us two week process to get that dressing made wow so it's those details it- yeah and even you know, the, the sauce the sauce that goes with the beef that's again that's like a four-day process to get that sauce made so as much as when you you try it, you might think, oh, but you know, the sauce is amazing. But like, you know, the actual work that goes into it, it's it's a huge process. And the, those tastings that you do before service each day, what are the elements that you're always thinking? Oh, this one, this is the one that's hard to nail. Well, I think as I said, now we're unbelievably lucky because we're only four days a week, and it's the same guys doing the same jobs every single day. So it's. The tastings now are the easiest they've ever been because everyone's very, very consistent and everyone knows what they need to be doing. So, like, tastings in the past, it used to be hard, especially when we were doing, like, lunch and dinner and you'd have, like, a different team doing the lunch to dinner. So you'd have, like, two different teams, two different guys, two different tastings, and, like, it'd be just completely different and you'd have to... Basically, for dinner, you, it'd be, you know, a struggle to kind of get it on the same page. But now it's the same guy 
doing the same job every single day. So it's, I think the team right now is phenomenal as well. So the tastings are very, very easy because everyone pretty much nails it first time. So, um, Vudemond was uh, awarded its third hat at the Age Good Food Guide um, late last year. It's had it's been between two and three hats over um, the period that I've been watching it. Um, what's it. What does it mean to the team when uh, you get the recognition like that? Oh, it's, it's incredible. I think, um, you know, as soon as we as soon as soon we got the award, the first thing we wanted to do was go go and meet the team and just celebrate with them. It's, it's such an amazing team achievement and I think we're genuinely so lucky to have such an incredible team and it's, you know, it means the world to everyone in the team and, um, yeah, like, we couldn't wait to go and celebrate with them. <laughs> yeah, they were, just, they were just waiting for us as well. As soon as, like, literally calling us when we were there every 10 minutes, did you find out yet anything? No, no, not yet, not yet. <laughs> Love it. So, how would you describe the feeling at Vudemont at the moment? It's, it's, for me, it's just like a, a great place to work. It's it's amazing to be surrounded by so many professionals who are so passionate about their job. So whether it's wine or whether it's service or whether it's the kitchen, you know, everyone just comes to work with a genuine passion for being there and a passion for just you know blowing guests away and giving them the best experience possible. And yeah, even you know, it's when you're there, like you can push yourself in every different aspect. You know, we have master sommeliers. Like, I always ask them random questions about wine just to, you know, increase my wine knowledge or even if you want to speak to Hugo who, you know, can tell you everything when it comes to service and just picking their brains about every little thing because, you know, it makes you better as a as a chef, as a, you know, as a restaurateur, just running a restaurant. Like, it's, we're so fortunate to be surrounded by just, like, amazing people in every aspect. So, um, yeah, it's just great to be working with them. Fantastic. Well, Chris, thank you so much for sharing your perspective on Vudemond. Um And yeah, well done on nine years. That's It's um, pretty unusual that a, a chef would stay at the same restaurant for nine years these days. So um, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, quite a, quite a milestone. Well, I mean, it's honestly, I couldn't imagine working anywhere else. It's, I never, like when I originally came here, my, generally my plan was just to do six months and then go travel and do that whole thing but um yeah i mean after the first six months i want to stay here like and then yeah i mean i never thought it would be nine years but i mean even now i I still love going into work every day in the place like it's i think it's a phenomenal place to work love it well thank you so much for sharing with us no no problem this is dirty linen and i'm danny valent we air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you.